Pig, welcome to Dow Talk. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. You know, uh, we're here at the venue for Dow NYC. I know you're doing a few panels today, or at least one. Uh, what, what are you going to be talking about today? Yeah, talking about treasury management today um, with some guys from Llama, Reverie, Hedgy, and Ledger Prime. So awesome! Sounds like a great crew. And I got told I got to be at the green room thirty minutes before. So yeah, you better you better not be not twenty nine, not twenty eight. So. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get cut from the panel or in place oh, with God. the random stiff. I, I need this late. break, so. <laughs> That's right. This is going to be your glow up. So. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into working in crypto and Web3 and DAOs? Sure. So I graduated school last June. I was really interested in finance and tech. Most of my previous experience was in finance, but also really enamored by the idea of trustless, immutable blockchains. Kind of when I was going through the job process, I saw a lot of the asset flows and, and valuations of crypto. And I was like, all right, this is pretty exciting. It kind of feels like a hybrid of finance and tech. I was lucky enough to kind of be willing to take that risk and started working at a company called Voyager. Voyager is a digital asset broker. They earn yield on your different tokens. And that was great. But my complaint was I wasn't learning enough. I'm like, what am I doing this for? So then I started to get more crypto native, doing DeFi research for a hedge fund out of Sydney, Australia, and then started working at a company called Flipside Crypto, where I'm at now, and that's data analytics and BI for different layer ones. So Awesome. That yeah. sounds great. Straight out of school into crypto. I know. I, I'm hoping it succeeds because I don't have anything else, but it's, <laughs> it's been really fun and, you know, almost a year in now, and it's been, I think the pace of learning and innovation is like so exciting for somebody with a lot of curiosity. So. Have you unironically been looking like at McDonald's for job applications just in case? Not yet. My <laughs> buddies send me them, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it depends on the week. Some days I work in tech, other weeks I work in crypto. So <laughs> the, the, the buddy that works at Google or works in TradFi. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey man, in case you made a mistake, there's plenty of McDonald's in the city uh, hiring. I, I definitely have a few death threats on my had for getting oh, people involved. No. So you, t- you told too many people to buy, huh? I, I didn't say buy. I said I would think about it, you know. Not so. financial advice. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, NFL. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I feel like that's the future. Most people I've talked to that came in like earlier, previous cycles, you know, they, they kind of had to like randomly find their way into the space. So hopefully we can continue to like bring more people in at the start of their career. Yeah, I think it's really exciting as, as a young guy, you know, it's just fast and fun. Yeah. You, and you got to be able to like work on your feet. And I think for a career, it's a, an incredible opportunity. Awesome. So I think you mentioned you're working at Flipside Crypto yep, and also I'm, on Ave Grants. Tell, yep. tell me more about like your current focuses. Sure. So as you said, Flipside Crypto and Ave Grants at Flipside, I'm on the governance team there. So we work with different partner protocols and DAOs to make more efficient decisions and increase the value of their tokens through active governments. On Ave Grants, I'm a reviewer there. So if you want to build and further the Ave ecosystem, we're actively reviewing projects and funding projects that help DeFi lending from under collateralization to portfolio management tools, whatever, even to metaverse games. It's you see a ton of crazy stuff coming out through that right now. So cool. So you're you're deep into the governance world, decentralized governance I, I'm world. Deep, on a I'm deep. I'm doxed. I'm all over the place, and I think governance is really interesting because it's a way to 
be really open and candid about your opinions. I don't love all the politicalness all the time. I don't love having to be nice to everybody, but it's a really interesting way to make decisions as an organization. So, Cool. Let's talk maybe a little bit more about the Ave Grants DAO. Sure. Um, you mentioned your primary focus is funding projects that kind of invest in the overall DeFi lending space. Maybe you can give an example of a project that's been funded and why it's interesting to the grant style. And then also maybe talk a little bit about what that process was like end to end for getting that done. Yeah. So uh, one recent one we funded was called Sentable. Uh, Sentable, you can plug in your ETH address and it shows you all your holdings across every chain. What's interesting is it actually visualizes your NFTs as well. Funding something like that leads to a more informed user. And I think that's the way that we really grow this ecosystem. If you have better education, if you have better ramps, if you have better tools and like transparency, that leads to a more confident user and a user that's more likely to return. Interesting. So, yeah. So how, how did that process work end to end? Like, how was the idea originally proposed? And then maybe you can talk me through yeah, the governance process. Yeah, so if you process. go to avegrants.org, there's an application form right there. It's an Airtable link. Fill out a form, kind of say what your goals are. I mean, obviously, we're looking for things that benefit Ave first and then the ecosystem second. I think a lot of shortcomings with applications is it doesn't seem to benefit Ave. Mm. Okay, it, it may be interesting to you, it may be interesting to your friend, but I got to see something that's going to improve Aave and the overall ecosystem as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And so is there like a first screening process before it goes all the way to the community to provide feedback or how does that work? Yeah, so we have an initial reviewer. So that's a team of 10 and they'll basically be kind of that first step and say, hey, look, this is worth interviewing and, and getting to know the team better or hey, I, I don't think this is something we can really endorse. After that, depending on the size of the grant, either it's an auto fund, so sub-grants under 20000 And then after that, we'll do a review. Uh, we'll actually sit down with the team, look at the product, if they have a demo or MVP, and say, hey, look, is this something that we want to put money behind? So right now, we, we pay out in Nave, which is great, and it's a good asset to have. And then also stablecoin for different events and partners who need a more rigid budget. Cool, cool. That makes sense. So... Is it mostly that smaller crew that does the review or is at some point like some broader yeah, subsection of the DAO no, so voting as well or Ave providing feedback? Grants DAO is actually a very small closed end DAO. It's unique in that sense. It's about 12 of us and I think we're expanding to 14, a full-time analyst and then some marketing personnel as well. So would you describe it as like kind of a sub DAO? Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah, it's a smaller group that's right. focused on that specific. Yeah, I, I think endeavor. our goal is you know benefit Ave and and benefit users. And it's interesting because we're all working on different projects at the same time. Like we have Shreyas, who's at, from Llama. We have Corbin Page, who's old consensus guy. We have Alex. We have Kikashi. We have Omni Analytics. So guys who are building a lot of different things in the space, but all very passionate about Ave. Awesome. Awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. Once a, a project is approved, funding for a grant is approved, how do you think about success? How can you tell if an investment or a, a grant or a given set of grants is moving the needle for Ave on an ongoing basis? Right. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Something I think about a lot is a lot of these projects we're funding are, are tokenizing. And, you know, that's a pretty natural progression in DeFi and crypto. But as a grant, are, are we entitled to some of that tokenization? Is Are we now an investment DAO? 
So kind of putting that aside, I think one is being really transparent, right? A lot of governance activity exists on the forum. And as a grant recipient and somebody who's building, I think it's really prudent to be transparent about your progress and what you're building and how can you improve, right? Like asking for help is something that doesn't happen a lot in crypto, but I encourage a lot of projects to do that. So say, hey, come into the forum, posting your progress as, as well and saying, hey, look, this is what we're doing well. This is what needs work and this is our timeline. And what, what does the relationship look like with Ave more like broadly? Is, is there some sort of reporting cadence or like how, how do you kind of yeah, manage we, how things are going with, with the broader DAO right. uh, team? They, uh, they thankfully give us a lot of freedom and that's been really exciting. And it, it's been great to learn and grow as, you know, people working together as a team kind of independently of Ave. Obviously, we have personal connections to Ave. We have friends who work there. We, you know, talk to the more technical folks in terms of like node integration, like RPC infra and all that. But there's no regular cadence. We'll do, you know, monthly meetings as a team, but it, it is really independent and it's autonomous, which I, I like, right? You know, I can do my work at 1 a.m. or 3 p.m. And, and that's really powerful as a team that's across the globe. We have people in Singapore, we have people in India, we have people in New York City. And it's really fun to kind of bridge that connection. Yeah, absolutely. So well, one more question about Ave, like maybe less about the grant style and just about the protocol. You said everybody who works in the Ave grant style is very passionate about Ave, the protocol. What do you like about Ave? Why yeah, is this something I mean, you're interested in? My bias is about? definitely going to show. I think it's the best user experience. You know, I'm also involved in Maker and some other DeFi protocols, but I think the best way to actually captivate users is to make something easy and straightforward. When you go connect a wallet and you can lend and borrow, that's really, really powerful. I would also look at the fees as well. Like if you're looking in this market, kind of what fees and what protocols are actually making revenue, Ave is the top three. Yeah, And I think for sustainability and long-term growth, that's really important. I always try to, especially... Maybe when there's a bear market or we're seeing some of like the challenges that we still face as an industry and as a space, Ave is definitely one of the projects I like to think about where I'm like, okay, there's still a lot of challenges, but anyone can permissionly post collateral and get a loan transparently without any humans need, needing to be involved. Like that is pretty amazing. You yeah. Know? It's definitely a fundamental innovation. There's, that there's a ton, ton of use cases for a, across a different like, customer demographic, right? Like if I don't want to use a credit card, I can collateralize my ETH from a paycheck and kind of send it to a Coinbase card and use that debt to borrow at a much lower percentage. You know, if I want to fund an ongoing project, if I don't want to incur a taxable event. And I think it's fun too. Like the idea of ghosts in a, in a financial product is is a good way to make it less scary. So yeah, now they got you. Yeah, exactly. I feel I've seen those around, but I don't know anything I about just it. Got are, you, it. are you a holder? Are you? Is I they got you. No, I, I don't. I have a few merch, but you know, the, it's it's a sweatshirt, so I'm not really rocking it in the summer <laughs> anytime soon. So I do feel like there's like a fun brand there. Like, don't they do raves? Yeah, yeah. Rave. I, I've have heard you, it. I've heard it called different. Rave? I'm gonna go to Paris, so oh, I'm really excited nice. for that one. But Is that, I, that at ECC. Yeah, cool. ECC. I know the guy who puts it on, and he's a pretty fun guy. So I'm awesome. excited to finally do my first. So <laughs> cool. Well, let's transition and talk a little about Flipside Crypto. So, how does that project work? Like, what's your role there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Flipside is kind of like a learn to earn model. So you know how 
a lot of people don't know about blockchains, we'll pay people to actually learn about different layer ones. So we work with Solana, Polygon, Near, Algorand, Flow. Previously, we we're big Terra partners, RIP. But um, RIP. It's it basically a, a really supercharged user acquisition model. So say you're a new developing layer one, you want 2,000 users. We'll pay people in the native token or currency to create analytics and they'll have a wallet and infrastructure and they're more likely to kind of transact in that ecosystem and, and stay there. So Gotcha. So what, what's your focus specifically? Yeah, so I'm on the governance side? team there. When we do deals with different partners, we hold the token on our balance sheet and we participate in governance. So, you cool. know, Solana, Nier, Flow, Sushi, we're actively participating in those governance spaces, as well as some other partner protocols. So Maker, Aave, ENS, Optimism, we all have delegations there and are in charge of voting and making informed decisions. How do you think about what to vote for? Like, how, like what are you yeah, optimizing for as flipside crypto yeah, in I the mean, governance process? First is, is data and making data-informed decisions, because that's our bread and butter. Second is, is thinking from a, a more generally growth perspective. What's going to make this thing grow and what's going to make this thing have more users? Whether the given protocol or Right. Blockchain. I think yeah. a lot of people, a lot of other delegates, maybe their priority is decentralization or maybe it's collateral and onboarding. For us, I think it's really important growth. That's what makes it a long-term product. So. And that kind of aligns with your overall, the overall product right, focus exactly. of driving I, onboarding. Right. We want to help people grow and help people be more informed and reward users for that. And I think that's really fun, right? Like if you have an hour and you know how to do SQL, you, you can access a free database and get paid 50 bucks in optimism. Cool. I love it. So I need you to drop like a governance story on me. What's the craziest... Uh, governance moment in the life of Fig as a flip side crypto. Right. So uh, I, I'm, I'm usually person. I'm on the ETH and EVM side um, okay. and was previously focused on Terra as well. Um, but one I would, I'd recently call out is Solend. I don't know if you've seen that. Solend? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen some tweets about it. Everyone's like, DAOs are dead. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. If it depends on the DAO. day if a DAO is dead. <laughs> but, um, and there's also lots of people here who are building. But uh, Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's keep our voices down. Yeah. But, uh, Solend, it's a Lana lending platform. And they recently had a uh, one borrower who had $150 million. And they were worried about liquidity. And I assume that was a pretty high percentage of the overall yeah, value. I, I should have the, the percentage off my head, but I don't. But. They basically decided to kit up a DAO in six hours. They built, they, they launched a DAO yep. in six hours. Say, hey, look, we identify this as a risk and we're going to vote on it. So they started a DAO in six hours, put up a vote that lasted 24 hours, and they basically had one dominant address that controlled the vote 99%. And it was the same address that had It was actually a different million. one. I think there's a lot of theories that there was maybe an investor or a core team member, but it was to limit that one address from withdrawing and, and causing a liquidity crunch. So were you involved in the vote? We were involved. We actually acquired a bit of Solend just to vote no. Um, not much, nice. obviously. The, not, not enough to change the vote. Yeah. But they actually went back on the decision. Which, did they really? Yeah. They, like, did they just unwind the entire DAO that they spun yeah, up? They, they I, would, said, I don't hey, know look, if I would call that a DAO, but the right. token voting <laughs> mechanism that, that, they, that they launched in yeah. 24 hours. 
you know, they, there was a lot of public outcry on yeah. Twitter and it's like, hey, you can't do this. And I think they realized that that's not really the goal of crypto and that's not really the D in, in DAO. So I think, you know, as things start to stabilize, it's less worrisome, but it's definitely interesting how people kind of let emotions come come into governance. Right. This idea of panic quickly going to a vote, where it's it's really not a good decision. But I'm, I'm a bit contrarian. I like to vote no. Yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously we'll support good measures and like initiatives I, for the Dow. I think it's good, though, for you all to participate in votes like that if you're doing governance across many projects because it signals that, hey, we're not just going to go along with whatever the proposal is. We're going to actually, you know, a- actively use our critical thinking and do what's best for, right. the, for the protocol. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they want to make friends and that that's great. Like, obviously, I like talking to you and her and others, but you got to be like willing to be defiant and willing to actually have opinions and, and stick by them when it comes to decisions. Awesome. Great story. Maybe one day someone will be able to launch a DAO that, yeah, if that you're is that actually big, decentralized. If you're that big uh, $150 million address, <laughs> let me know now. So uh, <laughs> We can go to yeah. lunch after this. And Maybe they're here at DAO NYC. And we I, just wouldn't, don't know who I wouldn't they be are. surprised. Yeah, it's <laughs> that guy on the left bench. So <laughs> Cool. Well, um, want to transition a little bit to maybe broader questions about the crypto space. So this is a two-part question. The first part is, what is your favorite thing about working in crypto, Web3, DAO's governance, and why? And the second part is, what's your least favorite thing about working in the space? Something you think, as a community, we need to improve over time. Right. First is just the range of subjects, right? From finance to marketing to business development. It's really exciting to think about those in different aspects and with different budgets. If it's Ave, if it's Maker, if it's a developing DAO, you gotta think, hey, what's gonna make this thing successful? Where can I spend money and why? I think that's really fun. Thinking about how do we spend an organization's money and how do we do it in an efficient way? Two is just the pace of things. I'm a really curious guy. I love how I I don't know everything. I, I know maybe 60% and I, I like to stay informed, but that other 40% is really intoxicating and it's always growing, right? Like I may know a lot about ETH, I may know a little bit about Solana, but learning more about different layer one blockchains and the innovation happening there is really, really exciting. Awesome, thanks, thanks Fig. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the space who thrive off of those two things, the interdisciplinary yeah. nature and the constant need to learn new things. So so tell me, like, what's the point of friction for you? Something you think we need to get better at? Uh, my hot take, less anonce. I think anonce. Oh, spicy. Yeah, right. Look out. I, I hope I'm the only guy who says that today, but I think it's really toxic for our community. I get the ability and the privilege of having an anonymous identity online in Web3, but I think for adoption, it doesn't help at all. When you're an investor in traditional finance, when you're somebody who's learning about crypto and you go on Twitter and you see a lot of weird cartoons with a strange name and a string of numbers, that's not going to build a lot of trust. That's not going to onboard you into the network. I think, hey, look, you can have that, but also take privilege in your real identity. At the end of the day, we are all humans, and I think that gets lost a lot in crypto. Yeah, obviously, I've been transparent. You can find me online. My name is Francis and Fig. And I think people need to, to do that, that you need to put a face and a emotions behind this stuff. You can't just be people with 
like pictures and no accountability. And I think it gets really toxic at times and it really bothers me. Well, thanks for sharing. I appreciate when people like are willing to give a hot take, you know, something that like, Oh, I, I can't I'm, wait uh, for I'm people sure. to hear about this one. So <laughs> if you're in on, you know, put your profile out. I'm sure some people will agree with you. Others not. Um, but that's why it's a hot take. So right. I, I, I apologize I, if you have like 60,000 followers on Twitter. Under- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go change out my pudgy, right, put exactly. my pudgy thing in profile picture, like right now, just right. cause of that feedback. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, thanks, Fig. Just have one last question. It's not crypto related, although if you want to make it crypto related, you can, which is what is your favorite place in the world and why? It's a great question. I'm trying to get better at seeing new places. I just got back from Italy and I loved the Dolomites, which was the Italian Alps. Kind of feels like you're in the sound of music. But the true answer for me would be Maine. I love Maine. I love to sail. I love to hike. I love to play golf and tennis and I think something about the water and like it always changing is really intoxicating to me. So cool. I'm going to go up there soon and it makes me happy. So it's a outdoor person's answers. The Dolomites. I, and yeah. Me. I mean, yeah, I like it. I'm, I, we're also in New York, so I'm not that much of an outdoors guy, but it's, <laughs> it's a great when you, way. When to, you leave New York, you like to get, get um, out of yeah. nature. It's great, right? Everything's changing. Nothing's always the same. So That's awesome. Yeah, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah for that very reason. So I can certainly identify with, right. the, uh, with the outdoor passion. That's cool. I'm, the Dolomites are high on my list. Uh, it looks incredible. Crazy. I, I'll have to show you some photos. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it. And yeah, Those huge granite walls. Oh, and my gosh. Did a little bit of rock climbing and hiking. So nice. It was awesome. That's amazing. Well, thanks for joining Dow Talk, Fig. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day at Dow NYC. Uh, I wish you great success on your panel. I'm going to have to drop in and just watch you. Like, They're going to ask a question about something like, um, what do you think about uh, delegation and protocol governance? And you're going to be like, hold on. Everybody <laughs> slow down. Look, we need to first talk about a nonce. Right. Yeah. I think they're completely let's, unacceptable. Let's, let's focus on and what just, we're really here for. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Big. Uh, Great to meet you and uh, have a great rest of your day. Tyler, thanks for having me. 